0: That's the open. Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. Now look, Doug Christie is usually on the show with me, uh, but Doug decided he was going to go to India and leave me behind. Him and Grant Napier are there calling the Kings and Indiana Pacers game the first time NBA basketball has ever been to India. I did not get to go, Doug did. So I said, you know what, if Doug is going to leave me, I'm just going to replace him. I'm gonna go out and uh, I'm gonna to go to the single greatest shooting guard in Sacramento Kings history, and I'm gonna just replace Doug. And uh, so today, I've got Mitch Richmond, Hall of Famer. Mitch, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I, I, Doug is gonna have big shoes to fill when he comes back.
1: <laughs> no, man, no, don't 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 put me like that. Don't let's don't get into that. <laughs>
0: Uh, now, look, one of the biggest reasons I want to have you on is uh, you've come back. You've come back to the Kings, uh, the Kings family. You are joining the NBC broadcast as an analyst. Um, how excited are you for a new challenge, a new chapter in your life, uh, doing doing games in studio with Jim Cozumore, uh, maybe Katie Christensen, maybe myself. Uh, you never know who might show up, but how excited are you to to try something new?
1: Uh, well, I've, I've been doing it for, for a minute. I did uh, NBA TV. Also did some stuff with uh, the Warriors uh, on some of their post games. So I'm a little familiar with it, uh, just haven't uh, been involved with the Kings so I'm excited.
0: Yeah, so you spent a lot of time as a Sacramento mm-hmm. King. And I mean, right. seven, seven seasons, but then this is the second time you've actually come back. You were part of the uh, the group that, that helped keep the Kings in Sacramento. Uh, you were a scout for the Kings here with, uh, with Chris Mullen. Um, why do you keep coming back? What is it that draws you to Sacramento? <laughs>
1: well, I, I played most of my career in Sacramento, uh, seven years uh, to be exact. Uh, so I do have a history with Sacramento. Uh, you know I have a son that was born in Sacramento so uh, I still have I still have some time members back then in Sacramento
0: yeah you were you were in Sacramento uh, of course you started with uh, the Golden State Warriors after your time at Kansas uh, you were the rookie of the year um, run TMC it, it seems like you and and Chris Mullen are attached at the hip at, in certain Situations uh, Not only here in Sacramento, but you guys were together in St. John's the last couple of years. Uh, what is it about that bond that you had with Mully uh, that started back with your, your run TMC days that has sort of stood the test of time?
1: Well, I think the connection. Uh, I think uh, uh, we have uh, pretty much the same views on, on how the game should be played and how it should be coached. Uh, and 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 how it should look from a from a viewer's point. Um, you know, we, we also was taught by uh, one of the great teachers, rubber uh, rubber coach in the NBA, Don Nelson. So uh, we have a lot of history uh, being around each other, uh, actually being coached by the same guy. So I think a lot of, a lot of that rubbed off on our, on our personalities. Uh, you know, I know how 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 tough. Uh, Uh, Chris was was coming from uh, New York, uh, and so me coming from down south, come from two different places, uh, but a bond that uh, can never be broken.
0: Yeah, it really does feel that like when I've been around you guys, um, he is sort of the brash New Yorker, and you're quiet, you're you're different than what you would expect, I mean, um, dare I say an introvert, right, maybe? Yes, yes, yes.
1: No question about it. Uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people don't know. Also, uh, you know, I grew up with Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin, we were best friends in, in high school. So I've I've learned to stay stay quiet. Mike did all the talking back then. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm uh, I'm used to actually kind of playing uh, playing behind the scenes and just relaxing and uh, enjoying life and kind of like you know working the room uh, with my quietness.
0: Yeah, you're a yeah. yin and yang guy. I like it. You like to surround yeah. yourself with extroverts and let them do all the noise yeah. while, while you do damage yeah. behind the scenes. I like it.
1: Oh, no, no, I didn't say, I didn't say damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. I didn't say damage. Okay.
0: Uh, that's funny. So, uh, you yeah. know, you've had uh, some great experiences as a basketball player. And um, it's something that, like, when I look at this coming King season... Um, we're looking okay. at uh, Harrison Barnes played for Team USA, uh, but on top of that, you know, De'Aaron Fox got his feet wet, Marvin Bagley got his feet wet in the, in the national program. Um, 88 Olympiad, uh, 96 gold medalist. Uh, what is it about that, that Team USA experience that kind of, it, it, what can it teach you? What can it you know, add to what you bring back to your home team?
1: Well, I think any time you have an opportunity to play, uh, you know, for the red, white, and blue, also with USA Basketball, that's that's the main thing. USA Basketball, I think it's it's the it's the top of the top. Uh, you know, you you play in the league, you play in the NBA, you play All Star games, but it's it's just something different when you put on a USA Basketball uniform and you you get with a group of guys that really kind of have one goal and that's to win and play together. Uh, it's, it's really it's, it's it's really rare, and it's a, a great opportunity. When you have that that great opportunity like that, it does something to you, and you come back a different guy. And so, uh, you know, with Fox and all those guys experiencing that, I think it's a beauty. Uh, I think it, it can really kind of elevate their game, to uh, them more confidence because they play playing against the uh, the best of the best in the world, and uh, it's just a little give you a little edge uh, when you put that uniform on.
0: You know, Fox told me this last week that he said um, one mm-hmm. of the things that stood out to him was mm-hmm. that you had to learn how to play with other great players. You had you have to yeah. c- kind of figure yeah. out where you fit in in a hierarchy. Right. How how much is that part of it?
1: Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a that's a big part of it. But I, I think you know, I, I think that the, the generation here is probably really even more difficult. Uh, because of how the style of play is now Uh, a little bit more of a showboat one-on-one and and stuff like that Uh, with the ball with, you know, we did a lot of one-on-one, but it was basically, you know, under four or five dribbles. Uh, I think now the game has changed where a guy can, you know, like James Harden can can, keep the dribble for 32 times. So the game has changed. So these guys got to learn how to move and cut without the basketball and also use less dribbles. So, It is a learning experience, uh, but I think it is a little tougher in this kind of day and age of going in there and putting a group of guys together who really like to touch the ball more than 20 times a game, as far as dribbling, I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at James Harden, um, you you brought him up, so I'll run with it. Uh, To me, it's like he pounds the air out of the ball. and Anytime he does pass it, it's totally flat, and his teammates got like .1 on the the shot clock to shoot it. Yeah, Um, yeah. How much different is that to watch? And as a player who played that shooting guard position at such an incredibly high level, um, at certain times it's got to like, you have to put yourself and think like, well, what would I do if I were in that situation? Or how many points could I have scored if that's what I was able to do? Or do you not think that way?
1: Well, I, I think it's a different game. Uh, for me, um, I really still enjoy watching the game. I really still enjoy Uh, Some of these great players play Harden has as one of the best gifts uh, that money could buy. You know, he can really score at ease uh, and a pace that can really kind of lower you to sleep. Then all of a sudden he has 40 on you. So uh, I still uh, truly love the game. I think in any I think in any uh, era, uh, you know, I think I would have been able to score the basketball just like these guys in this era. They would be able to score the basketball in that era. It's just an adjustment period that you have to do. And so, if I was in this era, I would have, have to adjust to that style of play. So, I think it works both ways.
0: Yeah, probably, except for you play defense and he, he uh, never has. So, I mean, there well, are. Now, well, that, no, that is a fact. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> there are some that differences. Is. There are some differences. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, I remember uh, Michael Jordan once said that you were the most difficult player to play against. Like during his time, like during his heyday, you were the guy that was the most difficult. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that before. And what goes through yeah. your head when you hear that from a guy like Michael Jordan? I mean, you're both Hall of Famers, but you know, yeah. he's, he's um, an iconic player. That you know, no, 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 no. I mean, no, I don't. I
1: don't I'm not offended by that, but but I think with that. The situation is with Michael is that, uh, <laughs> man, you knew the guy was going to touch the basketball. Uh, you had to truly really try to dig in and, and defend him. And I think if, uh, the one thing about Mike, uh, you know, that I've learned, uh, even just watching him in college, uh, and anyway, then watching him early on, and it's appropriate when I was in college, is that the, when he smells blood, he really, really and truly attacks. So whenever I tried to play play Michael, I just tried to guard him. Uh, I just tried to guard him hard because I know on the other end he was going to make me work, and uh, and and I and I took that I took that uh, as as far as every guy that I went up against, and I think Michael just appreciated that, you know I didn't talk, uh, you know I didn't, didn't you know I didn't try to jab at him or anything like that. I just played him hard, played him physical, uh, you know. At the time when when I played Mike early on, uh, you know I used to try to use my strength against him. And then all of a sudden, he started lifting weights and started getting stronger. So he really adapted to the to the style and the way I tried to defend him. And, and a lot of guys tried to defend and try to beat him up a little bit. But uh, I think mean, that's the the beauty of a good player, man. When he understands what he has to work on. And I can remember looking at tape and and, and everybody was saying that summer where Mike is getting bigger, he's gaining weight. You know, he's lifting weights. So in that in that sense. I just tried to play him hard. I tried to play him physical. I never backed down from him. He still got his 30 points. no question about it. I still got mine but if you did not guard Michael, he would have 60 on you. So only thing I tried to do is try to slow him down a little bit.
0: You know for your career, I mean you played against Michael. Uh, you played against some of the greats, but you also at the end of your career you played with Kobe Bryant. Uh, what did you see mm-hmm. from young Kobe? that may or may not have reminded you of some of the things you saw in Michael?
1: Uh, similar. I mean, uh, really the closest thing to Mike. Uh, I know Kobe's his own player, but uh, he was the closest thing to Mike. And and the thing about Kobe, Kobe worked just as hard. Uh, and, you know, my, he might not tell you that he watched any film on, on Michael, but you know that's not true. Um, I know that he was some, watching some film on Mike. He had all his moves. Uh, he even had the, you know, the tongue out the mouth. Uh, you know, he, he was doing a lot of, a lot of similarity things. And, and the one thing he was, he was driven. You know, Kobe at a young age. You know, he was he was driven. He loved the game of basketball, and you couldn't stop him from playing it anywhere. When he uh, that year, when he he wasn't playing well, he, you know they they, they 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 say he used to be on uh, you know the beach, you know playing street ball on the beach playing against guys. So. Uh, he just really loved the game of basketball. He studied it. Uh, he mastered it. And uh, no question about it, when the rules changed where you couldn't hand check, I think that's when Kobe's career just really took off uh, uh, because he adapted to the style. And that's a, another thing we are talking about earlier. He adapted to uh, the way that, listen, I got every move, and now you're saying that you cannot hand check me. He was very difficult to guard then
0: what would you have been able, we keep coming back to this, but without hand check rules, I mean, just your strength what? and everything, what could you have done in that, in this era?
1: I think, still, you know, you still got to, uh, you know, use your body as much as you can. Uh, you know, that's, that was the way I, I grew up uh, playing. But I, I think, I think in this area you would still, I would still have to be, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I felt like I could, I could play outside, but, uh, definitely you don't see any, any of the guards posting up like they used to anymore. So I think my, my post-up skills and, and my outside skills would, would have fared well here, especially and on the defensive end. You know, I, I think, you know, you, you, what's the uh, uh, what's my guy down in Houston who tries to use his body big and strong? Uh, the two guys played at, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God, I forgot his name. Uh, I can't think of it now, but he, he plays physically. And, uh, and I think that's the way, um, you know, I felt like, I mean, I feel like I could have played in this era.
0: Like uh, Patrick Beverly.
1: No, no. The, uh, he's a bigger guy. They, they, he was on the USA team for a minute. I oh, know he's, oh, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Yeah, P.J. Tucker. P.J. tries to use his body. And I think even, you know, even uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a physical guard. You know, he, he still finds ways to use his body against you. Uh, he gets strong hands. He puts his elbow and stuff like that on you. So, I think in, in those type of guys, I, I felt like I could have did well on the defense.
0: Now, when you walk into the NBA, uh, the NBC studios, um, we talked about how you know it's kind of a, a reunion of sorts for you. Um, you might run into Jerry Reynolds, although he might not come down to the studio very often. Uh, but right. Gary St. Jean. Uh, Chris Mullen is going to do some Warriors work. This kind of feels like like a lot of your old connections, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, anytime you you have anything in San Francisco, Sacramento, you know, San Jose, uh, well, any place around there, Oakland. uh, That's you know, that's where I grew up. You know, that's where I grew up as a professional basketball player. So uh, I have a lot of ties uh, back in that area. So. Anytime I, I feel like I step out the uh, step out the door, uh, I'm gonna have a, a situation where I run into someone that we had a connection uh, when I was back there.
0: You know, Mitch, you were in Sacramento for seven years. I I think Jerry Reynolds still claims that he's the one that made the trade for you. Uh, I think it's yeah. like he's gonna have it written on his tombstone that I traded for Mitch Richmond. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, hopefully Jerry never dies. I, I think he's never going to. But if he ever does, that I think it will be. You know, he'll have T-shirts handed out at his funeral. Like this is here lies the guy that traded for Mitch Richmond. Um, but what was it, it during your time in Sacramento? I mean, there were some some lean years for sure. But when was it that you knew that that uh, the '94-'95 season and then going into the '95-'96 season? That you guys had started to turn a corner, and that maybe something different was was happening.
1: Um, yeah, it was. I mean, my time there was, you know, it was it was up and down. You know, I think, uh, yeah, I think that year when we, we really realized that we we had a pretty good team. Uh, you know, we had Walt that year. Um, you know, we had Randy Brown uh, that year. We had some tough kids. You know, Lionel. I uh, know we had Billy Owens. at Lionel first, and then Billy Owens came later. But I think that 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 team, when we drafted uh, Mike Smith and uh, and Brian Grant uh, that year, and the first time I saw them in practice, I, I knew we had a shot to, to probably make it to the playoffs that year. Uh, we we had a we had a style that we could play fast, and we had a style that uh, you know we could we could bruise. Uh, at that time, the, the toughness, you know. Uh, we we got some toughness down low. Where we had, uh, where we had Brian Grant and we had Michael Smith who brought that energy e- each and every night, just playing hard no matter what what happens. You know, Mike Smith I, I just love man. The guy just just busted his butt every day. Didn't worry about the ball. Just wanted to play hard and would get into anybody's face to tell them they're not playing hard. And so that group there, we knew that uh, we had an opportunity uh, to probably make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, he was fun to watch. He was a, a a rarity. He was a one foot two handed dunker. Uh yeah. he, he always took off of one foot, and he always hammered it down yeah. with two hands. He was he was uh, abusive in the in yeah. on the court. He played. Well, a, no question. Yes. Yeah, a brand in basketball. Now of that era, you, I mean, again, seven seasons in Sacramento. Um, who's mm-hmm. your Who's your favorite teammate? Who's one that sticks out to you that maybe you still keep in touch with, or maybe meant a lot to you and uh, but it...
1: well that's, uh you know what that's it's truly hard to to say because uh, i I keep in touch with all my 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 teammates tell you true uh, time to time Randy Brown is a, a good friend of mine actually Henry Turner who's a, a part of uh, the Kings, uh that you know we we, we keep in touch uh, a lot uh I, I got Lionel Simmons uh, Walt Williams I can go down the line uh before Tisdale passed we were talking. Uh, and he actually lived right, he lived not too far from me in LA before he passed. And so, um, and all and, oh, oh, the policies I see here in LA all the time. I mean, I can go down the line, Spud, where I just saw three weeks ago. So, I mean, I, I pretty much stay in touch with pretty much all my teammates that I played there. Bradford Smith, I mean, the list goes on that, uh, that I talk to those guys.
0: See, this is a rarity. You're an introvert who actually keeps in touch with people. I'm gonna to have to remember this one, cause that's different. Well, you, well, you
1: had to be that. Well, different <laughs> you had to be that way actually playing in the game, because, like you know, you, it, back then you didn't want to let a guy see, you know, anybody on all my teammates could tell you that I was, I was probably the, the joker on the team, but you would never know that when I was playing because you had to come with that edge, and you never wanted to smile. You just wanted to play hard. Never give a guy know that you, you like to joke around a lot. So. You know?
0: Yeah, you were you were all business on the court. You were definitely all business yeah. on the court. All right. Well, I, I don't want to keep you all day. Out. You're a busy man, but uh, you know what is it? Do you know what the plan is for you with NBC? Uh, roughly, how many games? Uh, where are we going to see you? Um, and, and sort of, what is your plan? What what is the uh, the rocks plan for attacking the television broadcast? Uh
1: huh. No, I man, just to have fun with it. Uh, enjoy the game that really brought so much joy to me. Um, you know, critique it in, in, in a way that you know only I could know, and, and, and hopefully everybody out there and the viewers could understand uh, and just and, and just enjoy it.
0: Well, that sounds great. Uh, I can't wait to work with you. You, uh, you definitely were someone that I watched growing up, have a lot of respect for the way that you conducted yourself with the, when you were in Sacramento as uh, a scout with uh, the front office. Um, so, I, you know, thanks thanks for coming on the show. And, and again, I'm really uh, – it's going to be exciting to have you on the telecast this year.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. See you
0: soon. A special thank you to the great Mitch Richmond for joining the show this week. You've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. You asked, Wendy's delivered. Spicy nuggets are officially back. Come in today and get your spicy fix with the real deal. Here for a limited time at participating restaurants. Wendy's, we got you. And if you haven't already, can you hop on, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll be back next week with Doug Christie. And get this thing rolling as we go into the 2019-2020 Sacramento Kings season.